just finished up, wrapped up a great show with Matt, and uh, I hope that it adds value to your life. We talked about building leaders. We talked about uh, growing an incredible business and a great dream life. We talked about uh, being coachable to mentors and how to use mentors the right way. We talked about balance and uh, adding value to every area of your life. I hope that you enjoy it. I hope it helps and uh, I hope you enjoy the show. All right. Welcome back, everybody. have another amazing guest today, Jamie Villalobos. Uh, before before we get into the questions, I just want to give you guys a background on, on her. She's an amazing, amazing person. First of all, and this is in order of what I believe is important. She's a mom to four kids. She's a philanthropist. She's an investment advisor, which, which this is pretty amazing. She became a seven-figure earner by the time she was 30 years old. So we're going to hear about that. And that's really amazing. She's an author. She has a phenomenal book coming out. Uh, I pre-ordered it. I didn't get it yet, but it's coming out, I believe, May 17th. She's yeah. a coach. She's an entrepreneur. So Jamie, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thank you, Matt. I'm excited to be with you today. This is going to be so much fun. You know, you've we had a long conversation about a month ago and your energy was awesome. Um, it's just like it's you can feel it coming through the phone and I can feel it through the screen now. So, um, you know, the people that, that watch this show, they're, they come to watch it because of the reason we do it. And so I'm glad you're here. The reason we do it is to inspire, it's to motivate, and it's to educate. So I'm looking forward to hearing your story. And uh, I think a good place to start is we know who you are today. Like We know you've got a phenomenal career. You've built an amazing, amazing business, uh, public speaker. I mean, this is like, we look at you and you're like, oh my God, how does she do all this? This person's amazing. It's true. <laughs> Before we get to that, Take me back to like connect the dots. Take me back to the beginning. I mean, what were you like as a kid? What was your life like? Like, how did this all start? Let's see. Well, um, I was born in California, actually. My parents grew up in California and they had a very, very rough upbringing. Um, their, their parents were alcoholics and very, very abusive. And so when I was born, they decided to move out of the state, kind of just like everybody else looking for a better quality of life. And they moved to Montana in the middle of nowhere, northeastern Montana. I don't know if you've ever been up there. Probably no. not because there's nothing there. <laughs> and, uh, so it's really a town of about 325 people, to give you an idea. So how tiny this was, uh, like a little village. And so very small thinking, very rural farming community, not like when you see like on Yellowstone or any of the movies of the beautiful Montana scenery, it's not like that at all. It was just flat wheat fields, you know, in any direction, probably for six hours. So, um, so not a lot to do, but also not a lot of hope. That wasn't it. Yeah. It, you know, it was, it was very, um, it's actually a high suicide rate there because there's a very much a, a lack of hope. There's oh, no high, kidding. High alcohol abuse. And so there was no opportunity for, for women. There's no jobs. My, my dad was in and out of work constantly. So we grew up on welfare, on WIC, on food stamps, those things. And uh, we just, uh, I knew I was poor. I knew we were poor. My dad, you know, kind of told us a lot that, you know, money doesn't grow on trees and there's no money for college. And uh, we, I grew up in a little tiny trailer on the, on the edge of town. And so after second grade, when my parents divorced, my mom, uh, moved out. And so I kind of went back and forth from the city to the country. But you stayed with your dad, your mom moved out. My mom did. Uh, at first I went with her. Um, and then she was raising me in the city as a single mom. It was very hard for her. She was okay. going through uh, her own challenges. 
And she thought it'd be better if I lived with my dad. And so I went back to Montana. <laughs> um, so when I'd come to California, I would be living in on Venice Beach in a little kind of like a studio with my mom struggling. And so I became very independent at a very young age. Then my dad remarried and he had five other children and there's a big age gap between me and the other kids. So um, either way, I felt a big responsibility at a young age to help my younger siblings, to help my family. And uh, so how old were you and, though, at that point, like when you, when you're, you're referencing like 10, 11, 12 years old. Yeah, I think I was eight when they split up and um, again, back and forth pretty much my whole wow. life. I, you know, just, I'm so curious when you, when you said you knew that you were poor because your dad would talk about it. Like prior to him telling you, like you, you didn't know. I mean, you were just, we did. I did. You really did. <laughs> We lived in this little trailer that I think he found and kind of pieced together on a plot of land that I think he was squatting at, actually. And I know for a fact he was squatting at. So we, again, we had, we didn't have much. I, you know, back to school shopping was always at a secondhand store, uh, you know, and I go to school, I'd pay with, for lunch with a little ticket instead of, you know, like the other kids because we were on government help. And uh, they, my, the house was falling apart. We had a visqueen wall the whole wall that was just plastic, just kind of to weatherproof it. Uh, but I remember waking up sometimes a couple times actually in the morning where I could see my breath and it's freezing cold. The uh, Alaskan winds cut right through there. It's probably one of the coldest places. And I could see my breath and I just knew we can't even afford propane. Like how broke are we? You know, and wow. I would grab my sisters, my little sisters from their bedrooms and bring them into the bathroom and plug in a little space heater and do their hair and sing songs with them just to, I didn't want them to feel like I was feeling like scared, insecure. And, you know, and you were aware of that. Like you actually remember, like you felt that and you were protective in that way. That's real. Yeah, it was, it was pretty much a defining moment. I, I would, I could hear my parents arguing about money all the time. You know, when we'd be in bed, they'd be fighting about which bill could we pay? And my dad would maybe say, well, maybe we could get another loan from the credit union. And I just knew I didn't want that. I, I didn't know what I wanted, but I know I didn't want that. I didn't want poverty. I didn't want to be stressed about, um, you know, are we going to have enough food to eat if, you know, my dad can't get a, a deer that season or something and we'd have to beg for something. So I just didn't, I, I didn't want that. I, uh, I wanted more. I wanted a better quality of life for my family. I wanted in my home when I was married and had kids, I didn't want to have this financial stress all the time. You know, wow. I can relate to what you're saying. I, I, I oftentimes will, will say that I grew up poor, but there's different magnitudes of that. Yeah. Um, and it's all relative to where, where you live. I, your experience is, I, I felt like I was poor and I hear, I'm hearing you tell the story and I'm, I'm poor for United States. <laughs> no, I mean, you really had, I've traveled like, to third world countries and I've seen poor you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, for, yeah, for us, it was, it, you know, we, 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 we didn't have very much. Okay. So I'm curious. I, I, I've carried something around with me for a long time. I, I have my own therapy and it, 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 I worked through it, but there's this, I had this sense. I'm curious if you had any of this, I had this sense for me, I was always running away from something because of my background. I never wanted to go back there. I never wanted my, my family as I grew up to have that. So I was running towards something. I was like constantly trying to build something. Yeah. And there was never, a, I never felt like I got there. No matter how much I was achieving, I still felt like I was running. Does that, do you feel that way? 
Sometimes, what, did you feel that way? Sometimes I got clarity in what I wanted eventually. And that kind of helped. But uh, I remember one time I was telling my husband, I'm like, when we're rich, I want to do this, 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 you know, with the house. And he's like, Jamie, you're rich. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, you, know? you got and, there 10 years ago. Like, were there? Yeah, yeah, years ago. And, but, um, but I just, you know, I, I, I had a fear of, of being poor, for sure, for a long time. And what about, some, I feel like people can relate to this. Like, what about the idea of you've made it, your husband told you you're rich, you're like, okay, maybe we are. But in the back of your mind, does it seem like, oh, well, we could always go back there. Kind of. I have this feeling of like, you're either growing or you're dying. You know what I mean? And so uh, there's no such thing as plateau and stay still. You're going to start going backwards. And so I felt like even though if I was doing well, I should be stretching my vision. I should be chasing the next dream. I should be becoming a better version of me, making a yeah. bigger contribution in the world. So I, uh, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to stay stagnant. And I for sure didn't want to go backwards. You said there were five other kids plus how many kids total? Five. Yeah. Okay. And you're no, the oldest. Sorry, I'm there's six. I'm the six, but uh, yeah, there was, there's five others. So I have my uh, two, my, I have a stepsister and then I have the two sisters in the middle. And then there was twins that were born much later. Um, they're actually pretty young. They just graduated high school a couple of years ago. <laughs> um, but when they were born, um, I had moved out of the house and had come to California with this idea of, paying my way through school, getting a good job, helping my family back home. And then the twins were born. And when that happened, my stepmom became very ill. She's had, I don't know, probably like 50 surgeries since then. Oh no. Yeah. And, um, and so she became addicted to the narcotics that they put her on. And so my nine-year-old sister at the time was raising those babies. And that kind of was something that drove me quite a bit as an entrepreneur to be able to make a difference first for them. I could probably go for two hours with you and talk. This is so interesting. Like the way you, you, you like all these things that shaped you, like the whole, now everything that you're about to tell us, it makes sense. Cause I mean, that story is, is pretty, I mean, it's pretty formative. So, all right. So where, where along the line did you realize you were an entrepreneur? What did you start doing? Like, like did other people see it? I think so. I mean, when I was always, when I was little, I was always trying to create some type of business or make something to sell my poor sisters. I would, you know, make stuff and make them go sell it and stuff. And it was like child slave labor. But, um, but I always had a job. I was always making money. Um, I always wanted more. Uh, when I came out to California, I just first got a job anywhere that I could within a walking distance that I could get a job to make money. I had like three jobs until I could buy a car. I bought this horrible old Dodge Daytona 89 Dodge Daytona had like holes in the sides and stuff. I had I the could... same car. Did you? <laughs> I literally 89 Dodge Daytona. I had the same car. It was the worst. It was, oh I paid goodness. 500 bucks for it. Yeah. Something <laughs> like that. So then I was able to get a job. I worked in the gym and quickly got promoted into management, I guess, just based on work ethic. Yeah. And, uh, and I was working long hours. So it was hard for me to finish school because I was working 11 to 11 at the gym, six days a week, sometimes, sometimes seven. Wow. And so I had to kind of slowly stop going to school because it also meant from going from minimum wage to $67,000 um, a year salary at that time. And um, so I couldn't afford not to take the promotions, uh, but I was working hard. I was working like, like an entrepreneur, like a self-employed person really, but still being treated and, and paid like an employee. Um, again, I work usually six, seven days a week, 10, 11, 12 hours a day. And um, in a very high pressure salesy type environment. And so 
you know, year after year, I never got to go home to see my family. There was uh, very little recognition, even though I was number one over and over again. And what happened was one month, um, I was grand opening a gym, the West LA gym. And I worked my, I worked my tail off. I was, I worked every single day that month, uh, all day long, every day that month. And at the end of the month, I was number one. All they did was raise my quota, <laughs> you know, no appreciation whatsoever. But, uh, but what they also did, what also happened was I got my paycheck in the mail and I was kicked into a higher tax bracket wow. and I, I didn't make any more money. And I thought this, this is stupid. I can't, I can't possibly work any harder. I can't do any more. Uh, there's no light at the end of this tunnel. You know what I mean? So I was like, no matter what I do, people that had been there 14 years longer than me still didn't have time with their family. They had no control of, of their income, their time. And, and they still had a boss that kind of had their thumb on them. And I didn't want it. I was just getting more and more dissatisfied. I wanted something of my own. I knew that if I could put my heart into something of my own, I could be successful. But what? I'm 22 at the time. I I looked like I was 12. <laughs> I had no, no time to even like put a resume together to go look for something else. And so I just started getting very, very dissatisfied. Um, mostly with the fact that I had stopped learning. I had stopped growing. I was doing the same thing every day. Get up, go to work, go home, go to You bed. love to be challenged. I was getting no challenge. I was getting no challenge. It was kind of like I could be thinking of three other things while I'm doing my job. You know what I mean? And um, you're saying you need that, like you need that challenge, like you get bored, like it's, it's like you have yeah, potential, I, it's going to keep going. I also want just want you want progression. That's one of the keys yeah. to happiness is progressing, that you're not the same today as you were the last year and the year, year before and the year before. And so I was just getting, you know, more and more dissatisfied. Um, the fact that, again, there was zero recognition. Um, there was no leadership. Uh, so I just um, I had a friend that got me into real estate. You know, he was he said, you know, give, I'll get you, I'll get you help you get your real estate license. I know a lot of people. He was a big commercial broker. So I did that, but realized real fast that that wasn't for me either. I didn't want to be at someone's beck and call and have all these things outside of my control. I wanted my own business and um, I was hungry, you know. And so uh, luckily, a lady came into the gym one day. She had never worked out before and she's super sweet and she's like, you know, you're, you're so good to the people. You should meet my husband. And he introduced me to uh, that first business that I, that I was in. Um, and he was a great guy and, a, you know, leadership versus management for the first time. Very, what very a different. difference. What do you think? What is that? Tell me what the difference is. Well, management was like, no, you can't go home to Montana to see your family right now because uh, someone's trying to take your job, always threats or um, put downs, criticism, or, um, you know, dangling the corporate carrot to get people motivated. Where leadership is getting the best out of people. It's inspiring them to become more than they are yes. you know, on their own. So for the first time, I had someone that believed in me that, you know, that encouraged me to think bigger. And uh, so, I, so I started kind of part-time as a side gig just to learn. Um, again, I didn't feel comfortable quitting my job to do something that was completely new, new industry very male dominated industry, mostly older men. Here I am, this young girl that never <laughs> right. knows, knows zero. I knew, I knew nothing. Um, so I came in and, uh, but about a month and a half later, replaced my income, went full time. Um, and then was exposed to so many great leaders. Ed Milet was, was uh, one of my coaches early on. He's a great friend of mine now for about 20, 23 years. And so- Are you saying in a, in a month and a half, you replace all the money you were making at the gym in real, but in real no, estate, I was replacing. Uh, I knew I was on track to replace what I was making. Right. 
And so, and I knew I could. So uh, now it didn't go, uh, it didn't go exactly as planned. It never does. I quit my job. You know what I mean? It is, it's, it's a rocky yeah. road right. you know, becoming an entrepreneur. It's, it's risk-taking obviously. Sure. So I did go a little bit into debt in the beginning and um, had a lot of fear of like, is this going to work? Am I, am I ever going to make, you know, make it happen here? But I, what I did was, and I, this is just good advice for any entrepreneur that's starting something new is I kind of downsized a little bit uh, to, to lower my expenses. So I'd have less worry financially. So I could focus on growing me, growing my company, growing, growing my business. So, um, but I still, you know, did go a little bit into debt. You know, had, had a little rough patch, like first 18 months or so, but I was able to, to replace my income and be on track to, to do that that first year. So that was, that was good. You know, kind of went up and down, but <laughs> eventually we got there. And the, I mean, this, I mean, the work I think you have is, is like people will listen to you and, and many people like you that come from um, a similar background. Right. And again, I can, I can kind of relate there. There's, that's something that's hard to teach people. Don't you think like that work ethic at that young age, especially now it's like, it seems like it's kind of forgotten. Maybe. I don't know. I see these, these Gen Z. Yeah. Yeah. They're actually, they want to work. It's yeah. interesting. Um, they, 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 these, this next generation, these Gen Z's, they really do want to work. Um, but for me, that was just, my dad was a hard worker. I mean, he, this guy, it was manual labor his whole life. And I think he's broken every bone. He has the most, he had the most dangerous job I could ever think of. And so I didn't mind hard work. I just didn't want to work hard for someone else for the rest of my life with zero appreciation mm -hmm. and not have uh, my faith and family be able to come first. So if it was for me, I don't mind working hard. Again, I do want to have a business though, so that I can build a business and then control my time and, and work when I want to work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, uh, so I was willing to, I mean, I, I just believe success, success demands you, you pay a price. No question. Success demands There's a price. No question. I would rather pay that price upfront and in full than the long grind it out forever way that most people try to do. That's no fun to me. So I don't mind. I'll throw my heart into it. I'll, you know, I'll work up front, get everything in place, you know, lay the tracks so that the rest of my career, we can run on those tracks and, and develop systems and, and things. And so that's kind of what I focused on my first year. I, I did work my tail off. I was, I, I, I was probably working just as much as I was at the gym, but it didn't feel like that because now again, I was learning, I was growing, I was being challenged. I was in a positive environment around people that felt like, you know, I felt appreciated. And, uh, and I can feel the passion as you're talking, like even your energy change, like you're, you were more passionate about it for every, all the reasons you just said. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like I was making a difference in people's yeah. lives. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I felt like I was making an impact. So, uh, so I loved it. You know, again, it wasn't easy. There were some really hard things that happened, um, a lot of failures and stuff too. But, uh, but I just kept <laughs> stumbling forward. I think my strength was I was humble enough to know that I knew nothing. So I just, you know, searched out mentors and coaches and said, you know, tell me what to do next, coach. And and I did it right away. You had there's so many characteristics and so many traits. You and I belong to um, the, the same um, group, the, the Aratite group. Okay. And and this, as you're talking. I mean, some of the things you're saying, these are the lessons that like, that are, that are taught. It's like uh, success demands you pay a price. Like if nothing else even comes out of this conversation, like anybody that hears that, that's, that's a truth. Yeah. Like a truth. Mean, 
if it was easy, we would all be making millions of dollars, right? Right. right. <laughs> so it's not easy, but you know, it's so worth it. I mean, all of the hard things, all of the setbacks, all of the like nights I was in tears, like wondering if I was even going to make it, uh, all the hard things I wouldn't take back either. All the adversity helped me to grow into the leader that can help others get through it. You know what I mean? So I, um, I, I think that I'm willing to pay that price as long as it's legal oral, you know, sorry, legal and, and moral and ethical. Yeah. I'm willing to do it right to make whatever my goal is happen. But the price that I'm not willing to pay is sacrificing my faith or my family. That's too big of a price. So I, I was always also in search of how do I, how do I have it all? How do I have a great business, income, lifestyle, travel, but also, you know, have my spiritual life be intact, my marriage, my kids, you know, my late relationships, those things. Sorry, I'm taking notes while you talk. You're saying so many <laughs> things that like, I got like a whole page of notes from you already. <laughs> I'm going to write a book. Oh, wait, you already wrote one. <laughs> um, you, I don't want to interrupt you because like you're, you're saying such great things. Talk about failure for a second. I just heard you. I think what I heard you say, at least my interpretation was failure mm-hmm. actually is an opportunity for growth. Somehow what you just said, that's what I heard. Yeah. Is that what you yeah. meant? It's not just failure. You know what I mean? It's um, all the hard stuff, all the adversity. So we're, I mean, this life is going to be full of trials. It's one of the purposes, right, for us to, to grow. And so when we can't escape that, we're going to have maybe um, big failures, embarrassments, uh, great ambitions and plans that we had, we're so hopeful will we just completely fall apart because it wasn't really the ultimate plan for our lives. Uh, but there's also going to be other things like possibly a death in the family, possibly a sickness of one of our parents or one of our kids is going to go through a hard trial, which is really distracting when it's one of your kids, you know, so there's going to be all these hard things. COVID could hit, you know what I mean? Like just pandemics, things that are totally outside of our control are going right. to happen. And, you know, I, I just believe that all these things are, are for our good. There's a great book called Think and Grow Rich. And he says in every adversity, not some adversity, but every adversity, there's a seed of equal or greater benefit. Every failure has a seed within it of equal or greater benefit for our growth, for our life, for our success, our happiness, if and only if we look for it. Only so if you can we, see it. Yeah, you have to look for it. And so when we're in the middle of the trial or the failure, and we just want to get in our bed and pull the covers over our head and have a pity party and suck our thumb or whatever we want to do, <laughs> you know, you know, it's it's hard to say, where's the seed here? What am I supposed to be learning here? What is the good that's going to come from it? And if you look back at all of our adversities, if we're willing to learn from them, they made us better. And so I think, I just believe that there's, there's two of us. There's the guy or gal that is, and one that's meant to be, that could be that second better version of ourselves. And so to get there, it's not this, it's not this for sure. It's like this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's climbing from peak to valley over and over again. And when we get past one comfort zone or one trial, guess what? There's another one coming around to what help us grow. And so the hard things help us overcome and become someone that can help and heal others or help them up over the next time. And so I'm grateful for all those things and the, the failures and the setbacks and the um, all the times that I wanted to quit along the way and didn't. And, uh, and now today, I mean, it's a, it's a whole, well, I want to talk about that right there. You just, yeah. Just pause for one sec. Yeah. 
talk to so many people get this, frankly, most people get stuck right there. Maybe there's a couple of those, but it's just too much. There's their, their, their mind, their belief system, whatever it is, like, I can't do it, or it's too much, or I'm not good enough, like all these false beliefs. They don't do what you've done. They don't do, do what I've done. And people that you and I know, they don't keep pushing and see it the way you just explained it. And they stop, they give up. Yeah, it's, it's very normal. Um, one of the reasons is that when we, when we start off on something and we have these big, ex- exciting goals, right? We we're willing to do the work and we're going to read all these self-development books and we're going to listen to all the podcasts and, you know, be very, very coachable to our mentors. Um, and then we hit a comfort zone and we get past it. Let's say we grow past that and we think, wow, you know, we made it, <laughs> but that's just the beginning. You're going to hit another comfort zone. You're going to hit another challenge again for our good to help you get here. So sometimes it's mistaking the beginning for the end. That's, that's one thing. The other thing is That's you get great. to a certain spot. Um, maybe it's, I, th- I see it a lot at a quarter million income or a half a million income and they're, uh, they're, they plateau and they start to tell themselves, they start to rationalize, well, I've worked so hard for so long. I deserve a break. I deserve to enjoy whatever it is. Well, they haven't planned their life properly, so they shouldn't have been enjoying the journey the entire time, right? That's they right. Burn, they burn out. They burn out and they say, you know what? I think I'm good. I, I, you know, I think that, you know, I'm doing way better than I ever, ever was in the past. And so they plateau. And again, there's no such thing. It's just, you're growing or you're dying. You're going to start to, to regress in your, um, in your progress and your, in your happiness. But, um, but, you know, just another reason is because it's hard. (laughs) It's hard. It's It's no fun. You know, it's, it's not fun. I remember one time I was so frustrated and I called this mentor a uh, couple of uh, that I, I love and the wife said Jamie when I know when I need to do personal development I have a big stack of books on my nightstand and I'm doing this and this and I'm like she's telling me it's me and I need to work on myself right now and I was already making seven figures at this point she was being very sweet but she was telling me you need to grow and I just believe you know wherever you're at like if you're at 50,000 a year and you want to make a hundred thousand a year, you have to learn and change and grow. And if you're making a hundred thousand and you 100%. want to make half a million, guess what? You got to learn and change and grow. And if you're making a half a million, you want to make a million. Got it again. What got you here won't get you there. You won't get you there. Oh grow. my God. That's uh, I say that all the time. It's so true. Yeah. It's so true. But it's you know, not you're fun. also saying it's not fun, I, right? It's not fun. It's not so fun. instead we say, Hey, maybe I should just Cool it. I'll just tell you when things get uncomfortable, that's right where you should be. When things get hard and you don't want to do it, hopefully maybe you'll hear my voice in your mind and say, oh, you're almost there. Right on the other side of that pain, that adversity, that that tough stuff. Right on the other side of that is all the good stuff, all the lifestyle, all the, you know, the income, the, the dreams, the goals. So 100%. You, it's right there. That, yes. It's just, it's just, the problem is, it's not only, it's like on the other side of the wall, but it's like around the corner. So you can't see it. <laughs> right, so you right. just got to just, you know, go and you got to do more of whatever it is that's making you so uncomfortable. And guess what? You pass, you're past a new comfort zone and you're a new version of you. And then everything expands and your abilities, your, your belief, everything expands. And, uh, and then you're just, you know, on your way to the next thing, trial. S- something <laughs> else happens right there. Wow. You just told that so, so perfectly. The consistency, you just, it's key. And by the way, you mentioned Ed before. Sometimes when I'm at the gym, you know, he's, every so often you'll hear him talk about just do one more, just one more. 
I literally <laughs> hear that in my head. And even this morning at the gym, I was going to give up on something. I'm like, just do one more. But that's what you're saying. It's the same thing. It's the persistency, the consistency, like, and it is just around that corner and you got to see around the corner. Yeah. It also, I mean, Ed taught me that years ago. Um, he'd say, Jamie, when you, when you just feel like you're just done for the day, mentally, you're ready and you want to flip on the TV, let's say, and just veg out, just make 10 more phone calls, just, just 10 more, just one more. Right. Because what it does is it, your confidence changes. Yeah. You're, you're, you're thinking that you have a mental edge on maybe your competition because you're willing to do that things that others are not willing to do. All right. I'm on page two now. You, you're giving me too much. Here. <laughs> that's another one too. Being willing to do what other people won't do. That that's a complete differentiator. Yeah. Um, I was going to mention confidence because as you were talking about the consistency, like every one of those wins, you reach a plat, you reach the top of a mountain. And now you're just basically at the bottom of another one that, 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 um, the confidence it does. You, you begin to know, like I can do anything. Like I can do anything. Right. And the discomfort yeah, it, of the, un, the, the, I'm sorry for interrupting you. The um, being comfortable, being uncomfortable is like the way you, you have to be comfortable in that, in that gray area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that when, when you get to the top of whatever that mountain was that you're climbing, you're a different person too. So what you, what you thought was impossible before now you can see a little bit further and you can see yourself maybe achieving the next step. So your vision changes because you've grown as a person. Okay. We have, we, we definitely need to get, like you're setting a foundation for, I mean, this story, it, I didn't know most of this about you. So the story is amazing and, and I love it. Um, the book that you wrote is, um, is I'm sure going to be amazing. So bef- I have one other question before we get to that. Mm-hmm. I saw a reference. I'm not sure if it's something that maybe people around you call you, but something the balance queen. Is that real? <laughs> people are saying that, I guess. What is that? What I'm does like, that mean? Weird. I don't know. <laughs> but um, No, I just, you know, a couple years ago, actually a couple years before COVID, I was with Ed, we were hanging out and he just said, Jamie, you know, I coach a lot of people and you're the only female that I know that's making the income that you're making, but also happily married, has four kids, travels the world, has this amazing lifestyle, but also does so much philanthropy like re- really be able to do it all. And he's like, I, I really think that you need to start sharing more of that. And so he kind of challenged me and I already had in my mind this idea of happy and strong. So I, we, we talked about it. And so I started doing these classes for entrepreneurs uh, because it was, I was, I'm the most passionate about that. I coach people on how to win in business and leadership development, all these things. But I really love sitting down with a guy that says, you know what, I'm at quarter million income now, but now I'm fighting with my spouse. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what our roles are anymore. Um, or, you know, I, I, hey, I'm making a half million, but I don't see my kids. How do I add the balance and, and the happiness back into it? Uh, we've seen so many people that have made millions and then lost it in 2008 or in the COVID crisis. Like it just, it wasn't sustainable. It wasn't real. Right, right. And so, uh, so I created the happy and strong, the movement in the classes and I loved it. Then COVID hit. And uh, I found myself doing free classes online just for mental wellness because people were, they were losing it. Uh, they, they were just, they, they didn't really know how, what to do next with their business, with their agency, with themselves. And so I was helping out there. But what I found, the Happy and Strong book was born during that because 
so many people were so unhappy. I think if I felt like everyone was in their own little form of depression and um, we're now more unhappy than as a nation than we've been in over 50 years. You could feel it. Like everybody, you could feel it around, like yeah. Yeah. this weird energy around, you know? Well, there's record divorce, record suicide, youth suicide. There's um, alcoholism is up, drug addiction, domestic violence, uh, and uh, the use of antidepressants, you know, all these things. And so I just kind of took that advice from Ed of like, you know what, people need to, I would love to share with them, you know, how, how do you have it all? Um, what good would it be, again, if you're making millions of dollars, but in the end, you're still unhappy, unfulfilled, or you're divorced and, and your kids don't want to talk to you, or you're unhappy. So many people like that, like you could have all the money in the world, but like, what, what is the point if you're not... Yes. It's or a joy burnout, that comes from here. You're, you're you know? burnout, you're unhealthy, you're spending all your money trying to buy back your health that you sacrificed. Yeah, yeah. So how do you kind of have it where you can have your faith, your family, your fitness, and your financial life strong, and then have the happiness and fulfillment? So again, I, I had a lot of trial and error over the years, <laughs> but also had incredible mentors, guys like Ed and, and the, several others, uh, the, you know, John Maxwell, others that have kind of poured into me and and helped and, and developed the mindset and the heart of kind of where this book comes from. Connect one more dot for me before we get to what's happening now. So we skipped over, I mean, a whole period of your life. So, I mean, you, you built a significant, you moved on from real estate, right? That was only, and you built a significant, only like, business. A, like a, you know, a few months of learning yeah. that, that wasn't for me. <laughs> the, the, the chunk, I mean, the, the bulk of what you do and what you've done, you've, you've built a, a tremendous business. And you've helped a lot of people. Um, just fill that fill that gap in. Like, yeah. like how did you make that jump? Like, how did that happen? Okay, so you know, again, started my business knowing nothing. Uh, I just was seeking out mentors, people that were where I wanted to be, not just financially, but in their life. And so, guys like Ed, others that were his mentors, and um, and I also would seek out mentors in my family. You know, people that were incredible moms and you know, family people, uh, spiritual leaders, stuff like that. But, but what I did was I, like you said earlier, I had great work ethic, uh, very, very coachable. Mm-hmm. I remember, That's key. You're coachable. I love that. It's great. I remember sneaking in, I like wake up was dark outside and I would drive hours to go to Ed Milet's office and I would sneak into his meetings that I wasn't even invited to and uh, try to get there before he did. Uh, hang on, we've mentioned this guy's name so many times since we've been talking. Most, I mean, people might have no clue who we're talking about. Oh, yes, he's he's a great guy. He actually has a book coming out right now, too. Um, so explain Ed for a second, just so people know who you're talking um, about. Ed's an incredible serial entrepreneur, but just a great guy as far as um, helping people become better versions of themselves. But he was, uh, you know, one of a few uh, incredible guys that have poured into me over the years and helped me get to where I am today. Yeah. He impacts He's a speaker. He impacts people all around the world. So you have the good fortune of having access to a, a great mentor and other mentors, like you mentioned. Um, and I think your point of being coachable and seeking out the mentors is brilliant. Yeah. And so, I mean, he would say something, it wasn't just taking notes and moving on. I would literally have an emergency meeting that night and <laughs> implement everything that these guys would say. And, uh, and just, stumble forward. I, I was confused half the time, but just kept growing. And uh, so that was one thing. What Obviously, there's a lot of people that work hard. I think if you work hard and you're a good person, you're going to beat 80% of the people out there, right? <laughs> Probably. Right. But then there's the dogfight. There's that next 20%. And then there's 
I don't know, Ed said my income was in the fraction of 1% of 1%ers. And so and a fee, as a female, it's even lower. So I have no special gifts, no talent that's exceptional. I mean, I'm just like anybody else. What you're about to say is, is so true. Say this slowly because what you're about to say is this is key. You, well, I, I grew up in a little trailer in Montana, you know, and now where I'm at today, if I can do it, you can do it, p- period. So yes. the work ethic is one thing, but I think that th- just to be completely honest with you, the thing that got me from doing okay in business, making six figures to quickly making seven figures and then multiple seven figures was I was very clear and I continued to be very clear on what I wanted, my ideal life, where I was going. You know, there's a great, I I think it's Mark Twain, a great quote by Mark Twain. He says, I can help anyone get anything they want out of life. I just can't find anybody who knows what they want. (laughs) So, (laughs) So for me, I got very clear on writing down my goals, my dreams in every, it's kind of like I would, I would take a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle, draw a line across. And I had four quadrants, faith or spiritual goals, personal development goals. Then it was your fam, my family goals, relationship goals, uh, fitness, wellness, health. And then, um, and then my financial goals and my business goals. And so I got very clear on what I wanted as my ideal life in each of those areas, my dream life. And so every day I woke up fired up every night. I would visualize exactly what I wanted. Um, things, And I just added so much emotion into the plan where it was not just a goal. It wasn't just a business plan. It was an emotional game plan that refocused me and re-energized me every day. And I just think most people don't take the time to, to, to have written goals that are clearly defined and they don't read them every day. They don't for sure don't put pictures around their house like a psycho like I did and put them on my steering wheel and <laughs> things like that. I kept I kept it in front of me. Um you know, during that time, in that in that really rough time of getting my business off the ground, again, my family back home was struggling. My stepmom was sick in bed. I remember talking to my sister sometimes when she would have to smack her and throw water in her face and drag her back to the bed because she tried to get out and she was like foaming at the mouth. And so every time things got hard, I would, I, I, you know, when I thought about quitting or <laughs> cooling it or taking it easy, I thought about them. I thought about my nine-year-old sister, Jessie, digging through couch cushions to find change to go buy milk for the babies or carrying them one on each hip to the grocery store because she could only carry so much groceries at a time and she had to go every day after school. And so those things that like they emotionally charged me. And so quickly, it wasn't an option. Quitting wasn't an option. Uh, Cooling it really wasn't an option. I had to learn to love it. I had to learn to love the grind. I had to learn to love every part of the work. I had to learn to, to put my team and others before me. I just had this philosophy of, if you help enough people get what they want, you're going to get what you want. And what I wanted was clear. And when I hit all of them, when I hit all my biggest, wildest dreams, I, I made new ones. I created wow, new, so I created brilliant. new ones. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people plateau because they have a finish line. They have, when I make a half a million, I'll be happy or whatever. I don't have a finish line because when you hit the finish line, you're finished. I don't want to be finished. I want to keep growing. <laughs> I want to keep getting better. I want to keep, you know, doing more with my life and contributing. So, so I, when I hit, you know, a goal, I quickly come up with something new and, and exciting and that's passionate to me. All right. You just convinced me that um, you're qualified. And I'm going to read your book. <laughs> 
I hope that you don't mind. We took all this time to go through that because this is, this is the thing. Like now we're at a point where like, I want, tell me about the book. Like I want to hear yeah. everything. What, what, what's, what, what is it? What, who's it, who's it speaking to? You know, I think it's, it's really great for entrepreneurs. I'll read um, Ed Milet and uh, wrote the foreword on the book. John Maxwell's endorsed it. So a lot of great people endorsed it, but uh, Sean Covey. I saw Sean, Sean Covey too, right. Franklin Covey, but I'll read what Ed said. Just as Jamie Villalobos is the real deal, which is rare. She's a great example of how to max out every area of your life and proof that you can have it all. You will feel that when you read this book. This is a must read for all entrepreneurs. So the idea was for entrepreneurs, um, but it really could be for the mom who just wants to you know, make more use of the little limited time that she does have. You know what I mean? It could be for someone that just wants to know how to create a compelling vision for them for their life to, to have personal growth. Uh, but if, if it's, I mean, the first half of the book really is how do you get clarity? How do you create your dream business, your dream life? Um, how do you have it all that way? The middle of the book teaches you how to become a leader and build leaders so that you can have more freedom uh, from your business, that you can scale your business, that you can have more lifestyle. And then the last, the second half of the book, that's where all the good stuff is. That's, that's how do you juggle it all? How do you have it all? How, and then I'm a big student of the science of happiness. So how do you add in um, all the things for the fulfillment so that you can, I want you when, you when you read this book to be inspired for sure, but to walk away with so many tools, so many tangible, easy to implement things that are gonna improve the quality of your business, your income, your success, your lifestyle, your family, your relationships, your marriage, um, so that you can just absolutely adore your life. You mentioned thinking grow rich. Right? I've read the book mm-hmm. 10 times. I mean, it, and when you talk about writing things down, visualizing and adding emotion, yeah. um, anybody who's read that book and who's actually done it and taken action on it knows that it's, these are true universal truths. What you've done, I think, and I, I haven't read the book because it hasn't come out yet, but I think what you just described is taking a classic, classic, classic book, lived your life by, by it and, and mentors and all this other information you've gotten and, and you've proven it to be true in your own way, written your own book, which in a way is like the next generation of a thinking grow rich. Um, I think that the, in the first half of the book, there's probably about two chapters that will teach you how to do that, um, how to manifest things. Um, I've applied that principle, um, law of attraction or whatever you want to call it, um, to pretty much every area of my life, uh, to improve relationships, to win in business, to uh, even improve my health. I, I became very ill, I don't know, years ago, and I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. They said I was incurable, that I had lupus. Uh, my hair had fallen out and I could hardly even move. My muscles would just fatigue even just from a short distance. It was horrible. I was, uh, I just felt so terrible because I felt like a bad mom because I would, I could hardly, you know, walk up the stairs when my kids would be arguing over a toy or something. Um, And so it kind of just messed with my mental game a little bit. So I went to the doctor and she said, it's incurable. We don't know what causes it. Be on this medication for the rest of your life. But I had learned from being around great people for a long time and vision stretchers, not to listen to negative people. So I was not going to, I was not going to listen to that. And uh, so I set a goal like I did with anything else, a date to be healthy, uh, to I, my, my affirmation was I look great. I feel great. And I'm in the best shape of my life. 
full of energy. And, you know, just like anything else, started to become a student now instead of a business and creating wealth, it became a student now of my own body and started to reverse. It took about 18 months uh, and it reversed everything. I've been autoimmune free for probably about 11 years. Hold on. You can't drop that bomb and not tell us how you did that. Yeah, It's just like anything else. Like, how does this little girl from Montana become, you know, top 1% of income earners? You know, that's what a lot of people think is impossible too. you know, when, if they, if they have a certain background, but it's just whatever you can believe you, you can make happen. And so I think one of the things is, you know, powerful associations, being around people that are encouraging yes, um, sure. and not and not negative like that doctor was. So I've got a new set of doctors that were encouraging me and telling me, keep doing it, even though it was it got worse before it got better. I would, had lost probably about 30 pounds. My eyes had sunken in they were dark. I my bones were sticking out. It was, it was terrible. But um, but then but, but the labs didn't lie. I mean. I would get labs done every three weeks. And they say, you're, you're doing great. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. Actually, we're changing something that they said was impossible to change. Yeah. Yeah. I'd only had one child at that point, And they said, to, you know, going on this medication would never cure it, that there was no cure. They would suppress symptoms, but I also couldn't have kids. I couldn't get pregnant on the medication ever again. Uh, it was going to ruin my eyes and it eventually would stop working. And I'd have to get on more medication and more medication. And, you know, I, I kind of told her, I said, this doesn't, this doesn't sound right. You know, autoimmune, your body doesn't attack itself. It heals itself. Uh, you know, maybe we should, maybe we should try to explore other options. And she just said, what are you waiting for? Your kidneys to fail. And that's when I said, no, she's, I'm not going to listen to this. I'm going to figure out what's really going on with my body and what I need to do to make changes in my lifestyle to fix it. So, you know, again, that was a, that was a big adversity is a hard thing on my husband and I, uh, just having to completely change my, my diet for those 18 months. Um, but you know what, again, that adversity was a gift. I probably was not taking good care of myself. I wasn't getting enough rest. I wasn't eating properly. I was just go, go, go. First one in the office, last to leave. Y'all sleep when I'm dead, you know, that kind of thing. And I right. just, I, wellness was not on my agenda. Right. You know what I mean? And so, uh, you know, when you don't learn your lesson a few times, it's going to come back around and it's going to come back harder till you do learn it. Uh, if again, you're going to be this person that you're meant to be, you got to get all these lessons out of the way. And so to me, that was the hard one that I had to go through at that time. But since then, you know, I, I am probably an expert on, <laughs> on uh, the, like the eating well for my body type and for you know, other people's body types. I've been That's able your to next body. book. I've, I don't want to do another <laughs> book right now. Wait a year so, or two. Then next, that's the next one. But, you know, like I said, the self-care portion is such a big piece now because I won't burn out. That was another thing that Ed and I talked about. You don't burn out, Jamie. And uh, a lot of my competition does, they, they plateau, they burn out, they, they become, uh, you know, negative about what you they cover do. that in the book. You cover the health side of things in the book. Yep. Yeah. Okay. There's a whole chapter on, it's called put your own ma oxygen mask on first. <laughs> so, this is why I, yeah. I feel like this is like the next generation. Like I mentioned before, like an older book, cause you're covering every other aspect um, and, and your, your, your like whole story, it's just amazing. And now we can feel when we read that book, like, wow, we understand like where she came from, how she did it. And this book is like, is like the roadmap. 
Yeah. yeah. So there is a lot on wellness. There's a lot on balance. There's a lot on just scripts, little scripts to help you to be able to take things off your plate, not, you know, to say no when you need to say no to people, uh, to guard uh, uh, boundaries, set boundaries with other people that are wasting your time and sucking your energy. So just a lot of energy vampires. Yes. So there's a lot of scripts in there for those. I mean, there's a lot, especially women that have a hard time saying no, setting boundaries and, uh, and just protecting their time and, and their energy. So there's a lot of little stuff again, for, for people that just want a better quality of life to build a great business, to have it all. And, um, and so I go into a lot of different stuff, but yeah, wellness is, is definitely a big okay. part of it. Um, I have one more question for you, but before we go there, I want you to tell me, so the book is coming out. Am I correct? On May 17th. Yep. It's and on pre-sale right now. It's on pre-sale. I think I ordered on Amazon. Yeah, you can get it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or pretty much anywhere books are sold, Target, whatever, wherever okay. you go. And so for anybody that pre-orders it, like on the 17th, mine's going to ship. Am I going to have it the next day so I could just read this thing? I'm, I'm looking forward yeah, to it. They're all shipping out May 17th. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot Excellent. of um, entrepreneurs that have uh, like agencies or, or businesses that are buying multiple books for training purposes. And if they buy 10, they actually are going to be doing a, a meeting with my mentors, Ed and, and the other ones of how to, how to build this great life, the things that they taught me. So that's going to be fun too. Wow. You know, that's an unbelievable value. I, I didn't know you were doing that. That's, that's, I mean, it's beyond valuable. That's amazing. That's, that's really great that you're doing that. You know, like I'm, you've done so much in your life and it just isn't what you're doing now. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't, this isn't about money and, and I don't feel anything like that coming from you. You're going to help so many people you already have, but putting something like this out, and this isn't, you're not here to sell your book. You're here because you're interesting. And we had a great conversation and I can't wait to read it. But this is like the most valuable thing you can do, which is spread the word, tell the stories, educate and inform people. And, and like, hopefully you impact, who knows, you impact maybe millions of people. It depends how far it goes, but yeah. isn't that why we're here? Yeah. I mean, you don't make money on selling books. Well, it, it's just, no, I mean, we're here. It's a very small, people. it's a very small piece of a, of a bigger vision. Um, I wasn't planning on writing a book. Like I said, I, I thought maybe when the kids move out of the house and they're off to college, that it's an idea. But during COVID, it was just on my heart so yeah. much um, that I had to do it. And I'm really excited about it. I really am. I think that it's going to change a lot of lives. But uh, if it, it, you know, if it even just impacts someone a little bit to add more joy in this journey of entrepreneurship, yes. Yes. to me, that's that's a big deal. But no, I have a goal of, of impacting 100 million lives, uh, families, individuals. In different ways, it could be through the, through the education stuff that you know my, my businesses do, or through the philanthropy that we're doing uh, around the world. All that stuff ripples out. There's All no that stuff you know, ripples no out. So, so yeah, we have a I have a business plan now that goes a hundred years past when I pass away, and uh, again, this is just a small piece of kind of a bigger goal. That in and of itself is it's like that is a mindset like that setting that GPS. Is, is like people plan for 20 years. Like, no, I'm planning for a hundred years. It yeah. changes everything, the perspective, all the numbers, the goal, it changes everything. My, the last question I have for you is, it, so it, what would you say now to the, the 18, 19, 20 year old version of yourself, knowing everything that you know? You know, I think just 
take more risks. <laughs> you know, back then I, I feel like I did take risks and I did, uh, I was humbled enough to just kind of stay confused and stumble, you know, stumble forward. But, um, but even more, I think going for it faster, just that I, you can do it. You're going to have failures and it's going to be uncomfortable, but you can do it. I think that, you know, anybody that's listening, that would be my one message. Like you can have it all. Don't tell, don't let anybody tell you any different, you know, especially the women that say, well, I can't be a mom and pursue a dream. You can can. be a great mom and still pursue your dreams and still make contributions in the lives of others. So uh, again, and if I can do it, you can do it. And uh, so I would just tell myself, it's going to be an awesome ride. Just go, (laughs) just keep going. And to add on to what you just said, when you say the words, you can't, words have meaning. You can't say, I can't. <laughs> okay. It, it, it's, it's, you've said it so many different ways throughout our conversation, the mindset that you keep in, in your perspective. I haven't heard you say the word can't, I think in this entire conversation, it, it's it, it, that, that can't exist. Um, I want to thank you for, for coming on. This was really like, this is amazing. It's been fun. Thank you. Pat. It was amazing. Um, there's a couple of words that you've used, and I end every show by saying to the people that are watching, this show is intended to inspire and motivate, but you have to be humble, you have to hustle, and you have to do the work. That is what we heard today. And if you do that, you can reach your potential. In fact, your potential may not be something, as, as Jamie, as you said, where there's an end. It just keeps going. Yeah. So thank yeah, you. We're, again. we're human beings. So we have this kind of unlimited capacity to continue to grow, to become better and to improve in every area of our lives. And then when we kind of reach our biggest goals and dreams, I would challenge you to make your goals about others, focus on others. Amen. You know, I, I see so many people that I've coached, you know, they'll hit a half a million income and they're okay. They, they're feeling good. They're, you know, they're making more money than anyone in their family ever made. But I challenge them, I'll take them to one of our orphanages, like I said, in, in Uganda or somewhere. And, I'd, and I'll let them just hug on these babies in these you know, orphanages in Uganda. And I'll tell them, look, look at what just this little tiny bit of money can do. Look at what a difference that we can make. And so I, I, my goal right now, my biggest goal right now in all my companies is not just to teach people you know, or sell products. It's to, it's to, to build leaders. And so equipping people with leadership skills and then also teaching them how to uh, make money and attract wealth. If someone has money and they have leadership skills, they can change the world. They can change their world. So my goal is to build up these leaders with money and plant a seed in their heart, like light a little fire in their heart about philanthropy, charity. And so everybody's different. You know, one person may be passionate about helping kids with autism. Another one might be passionate about uh, building orphanages in you know Sierra Leone. Another might be wanting to end sex trafficking, who knows? But if I can build a leader and put that in their heart, then they'll, they'll, they'll keep going past half million. For sure. It's not about them. It's about others. That's and right. then again, you have this unlimited capacity to, to, to continue to grow. Um, I know that I can, I can do some good right now. And I'm, I'm loving in all the work that we're doing in, in the philanthropy part, but I can't write a check for just tens of millions of dollars right now. I'm not there yet. Not yet. I have friends that do that. And I'm like, <laughs> right. dang, I, you know, I have a lot of room for growth. I, I still need to work to get there so I can make a bigger difference. So, uh, so yeah, I think that 
we can get very comfortable, very easy as human beings. It's our natural state to be apathetic about things, about our goals, about, so true. So about, true. about so many things. So that's why we have to, in, champions invest a lot of time in themselves, figuring out what turns them on, what, what lights their fire, what makes them emotional, what just, you know, what, what, you know, injustice do they want to correct? What, you know, what good do they want to do? What do they want to do for their family, their parents, their kids? What's this dream life that they would love to have? If money were no object, what would they be doing with their time? Champions invest a lot of time to figure out what fuels their fire so that they keep going and they keep growing. Ooh. That's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. I almost forgot. I don't want to forget to so tell, tell everybody, where can we reach you? How can we reach you? What do you want to share? Okay. Well, I mean, I think one of the best places is Instagram at jamie.villalobos. Okay. Yeah. At jamie.villalobos and uh, my happyandstrong.com, happyandstrong.com website. They can connect with me there, the email. Uh, we can, uh, they can ask questions. Uh, they can always DM me on Facebook or Instagram. There's a happy and strong Facebook too. Um, but yeah, you really answer. You actually the, answer those. Yeah. Yeah, of oh, course. Um, good, good. And, uh, and then of course, obviously through the book, I'd love for them to connect with me there. And, you know, I challenge them in the book to, to share eventually their stories with me. That when fantastic. They That's fantastic. Uh, um, obviously all that information, when this gets published is going to be down below in the description. So it'll be out there forever. And listen, thank you again. I, I'm inspired. Like I'm inspired pretty much all day long, but you just took you 10 X me. Like I'm, I'm ready to go. Awesome. I'm ready to go. So listen, again, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I know you're busy. You have a lot going on, but um, this is really valuable to anybody that watches it. So thank you again. Thank you. You're welcome. It was my all pleasure. Right. And we're going to follow up with you and we're going to see how this all goes after the book comes out and we're going to, in touch and uh, keep everybody updated. Thank you for having me. Thanks again.